Yo, what up? What up, what up, what up? This is you, Levine. Gule Wei, Orion de Peligrosa. T-Double. The mighty DJ Mel. This is Ginger Lee. Zilli. Protégé. Yo, 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 everybody, it's Toddy B. This is your favorite giant China man, CK. DJ K. Cali, you rocking with the feedback. The feedback. The feedback. The feedback. The feedback. You are listening to the Feedback Podcast. With my homie back. All right, welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. We are back from a little week hiatus. We went to Sound on Sound Fest. Miko in the house, Byron in the house. We'll introduce these, these people in a second. But I have to make, I have to talk about the election. Do it. Dude. <laughs> I, was, I was watching it live and I was seeing the numbers and I was like, no way, no way, no way. And yet we got, oh. My bad. <laughs> well, well, welcome to the show, Nick. <laughs> Putting that away now. <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. Um, uh, but so Trump is, is our president now. We'll see how it goes. So how's that going to affect the podcast? Not really. We're going to keep doing it. We don't, I mean, it, it, it's just seriously, I was in a funk for like two days. Yeah. I was, I, I went, That's I was going to work and I was like, oh, you're not smiling. I'm like, uh, uh, not really. Yeah. Oh, well. It's definitely a gray cloud, I think. A couple days it is. There. It, it, it's scary with, with the stuff that's going on and people doing crazy stuff just yeah. because. Afterwards. Yeah. That, that's what scares me the most. Right. The fact that an orange guy is in the <laughs> Oval Office, I don't really care. But it's really, the, you know, people taking that, that chance to actually do crazy stuff and racist stuff. Right. That, well, that's yeah. It affirmed that culture of what he had going on. And that's, right. That's, right. That's the part I hated the most is, is that people feel like enabled, I think, at that point. Yeah, yes. I think Empowered so. even, you know, yeah. emboldened. Yeah. You know, some of the some of the views he had on the economy and stuff like that weren't that bad, but the as you said, like some of the the groups that, you know, voted for him, it seems to have brought out like it's okay to be outwardly, you know, Racist. I mean, not that it's ever okay to be racist, but as you said, it's definitely brought up uh, some very disturbing. Yes, um, we're more divided than ever, and yeah. it's uh, yeah. And now it's like, yeah, everybody come together, let's work yeah. together, blah blah blah. In the meantime, you see some crazy stuff. Even in schools, kids are, yeah. are chanting, yeah. "Build a wall, build a wall." I'm like, man, what are your parents? Who are yeah. your parents? Anyway, I, I, I want to just say one thing. One of the things I said uh, was that it seems like Trump brings out the worst in people, whether you're a supporter or or you're a poser of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it's just the worst on both sides. And that's just, I just hope that's not a tale of things to come. Hope not. We shall see. Mm. Hope not. It'll be interesting to watch, but we'll, we'll, we'll be here we'll, anyway. We'll cover it. <laughs> we, we, no, this is not a political show, folks. <laughs> this is the Feedback is, Podcast. There is one thing I learned about Trump. Was I always thought he wore a toupee. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's real, right? Yes, that his real. hair is real. I'm just curious, <laughs> it, it, the process in the morning to get that come over just right so it doesn't move like what kind of products he uses or if mm-hmm. it takes 30 minutes or an hour just to get that perfect yeah. like helmet he got going yeah. on yeah. I don't know is it, is it better or worse than it is real like it's excusable if it's fake but he's that means he's trying to get it look like that yeah <laughs> I, wonder me, I wonder if that someone's full time job is to make sure oh, probably, his hair is always probably. the same yes, yeah. and, and the comb is made out yeah. of gold oh, yeah. it's the most luxurious gold <laughs> <laughs> yes yes Anyway, we're still, we're still here. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Podcast still goes on. Uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody, <laughs> after this little <laughs> this little soundtrack, but it's all good. I want to give a special shout-out to Sound on Soundfest because we went and camped last weekend. It was mm-hmm. pretty dope. Shout-out to Margin Walker. They won best, what do you call it? Best 
concert promotion comeback. Oh. I think they made it. They made huh. a. The, the just Austin. for them. Yeah, it's probably just for them. <laughs> like, uh, you know, but they did a great job, by the way. So shout out to Graham Williams. If you haven't listened to the show, just go back to episode number one thirteen. Uh, I had the founder of we had sorry, yeah. we had the founder of uh, Margin Walker Transmission and Sound on Soundfest on the yes. show tell the story. So be sure to tune into that. But now, introducing. We have KP and Boom Boom in the house. Woo! And Nick, thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Say hi, everybody. Hello. 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 KP and Boom Boom, thank you so much. Now, I want to jump right into it, the story. What was it like? Did you guys grow up with music or family? The dad with the record collection? Like, what was it that was like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm going to be a musician. Okay. You know, my family always listened to a lot of music, but it was like totally ranged from like Elvis, uh, Neil Diamond, Roxy Music, Mariah Carey. There was a great uh, gospel singer, Alita Adams, that my mom used to love. So the music was very diverse, but my family is not musical. So that just came out of me from somewhere else. But yeah. you, you grew up in England, right? Yeah, I grew up in England, influenced by a lot of music. And I used to dance. And I, I just think that that is where my love for music came. I, actually, it was my biggest influence was my brother. He was like the cool kid and used to skate and BMX. And I always really looked up to him. Mm. Older, and he older was brother? the one. Yeah, he's uh, two and a half years older than me. And he was the first one that introduced me to hip hop. Oh, what and record? I remember what record? It was uh, Snoop Dogg. It was the, Thank you, Doggy, Doggy Style. Style. Yeah, it was Doggy <laughs> Style. And we were that, on holiday in yes. a little caravan. And he was like, Kate, check this out. And he put it on the Walkman and put the headphones on. Walkman, and, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Same, my, my sister is the one who introduced me to hip hop with Doggy Style in 1993. Oh, wow. wow. Same entrance. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great introduction to hip hop, yeah. folks. <laughs> is that how all of Europe learns? Oh, yeah. That's how we learn English. That, that's, that's our introduction to hip hop. What about you, Nick? I grew up uh, playing a bunch of different instruments. You know, I did the, the in school music programs for the viola and the French horn and stuff like that. And then uh-huh. when, I, when I was a teenager, I, I picked up the guitar. And just kind of taught myself to play. I was really into really terrible music, you know, like emo music and shit like that. Like, <laughs> okay, so you know, I learned. That, oh man, like, uh, well, I, I loved a newfound glory, and like the starting line, and then oh gosh, what the used, you know, stuff like that. And I, I learned, so I learned all the power chords. Yeah. Thankfully, my tastes changed, but it, it started me down the road. To, We're not judging. It's all right. To, <laughs> Just silently judging, right? It's all right. So, uh, so, Nick, what awesome city helped encourage and grow that musical talent? You know, it really, it really wasn't until I got to uh, the awesome city of Austin that I figured that out. You, you know, you're not going to mention the city you grew up in. <laughs> no, no, man. There, he totally there sidestepped that. There, there's, there's a, a hat there's, there's, there's nothing there. Right dude. <laughs> <laughs> nothing for me there. I, I, this is my home now. You know. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, so, you, Kate, you started traveling. Right out of college. Yes. Well, I went traveling in 2006 and like after college, all my friends had moved to London and I really wanted to do that. But I'd had this dream since I was a little kid that I was going to go travel the world. Like I just always wanted to. So I moved back home and um, I didn't really want to do that, but that was the only way realistically I was going to save money Mm -hmm. to go. So I did after two years, I traveled for five years on and off and went to, I started in India, was there for nine months, Sri Lanka, Nepal 
Israel, the wow. majority of South America, Cuba, Mexico, Guatemala. What made yeah. you choose all those locations? Like, was there a driving force behind them? Um, was it random? The, n- yeah, it was, it was a bit more of a random selection. Like, I felt like with India, I should be thrown into the deep end in a you know a culture that was completely opposite to mine and i regretted my decision as soon as i touched down in delhi <laughs> did the smell uh, hit you in the oh, face oh yeah there was, there was like a cow in the terminal and i had to walk <laughs> over walk over people that looked you know like they had leprosy and it was such a culture shock that i thought oh lord what have i done Wait, so you're like about- i am this is way out of my depth and but i you know adjusted and uh, got on with it and it was wonderful by yeah. yourself yeah. Wow. Wow, man. Yeah. That is brave. That is yeah. very brave. We'll get no pun. We'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, you you ruined the suspense, man. <laughs> so I, I read a story about you in India and then meeting this guy in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You tell the story because otherwise, it's gonna make it sound dirty. Okay. <laughs> no, it sounds dirty. <laughs> I was I was walking. I'd wa- already walked out of the bathroom, and oh, the, okay. the sink was like out near where the bar was it was kind of like this bar cafe um in this little village and there was a lot of backpackers there but there was a lot of indians there so it was all like mixed together mm-hmm. um and there was an indian dude stood right by the sink and i was washing my hands and he just said over my shoulder like can you sing and i was like what he's like you look like you can sing I was like, well, I mean, I enjoy it. So he was like, come to my music shop today, four mm. o'clock, and you're going to sing along to Tabla. And I was like, well, can you tell me what song to sing? And he was like, no, just whatever comes out, improvise. Mm. And I was very scared because I'd never improvised before, you know, just it was a very new experience. And I honestly didn't know if this guy was, you know, full of shit as well. <laughs> well yeah. I'm walking out of the bathroom. Uh, the guy yeah. the show. <laughs> But no I drink, no dinner, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Come and sing. And he was he was legit. He had a mu- little music school there, wow. and uh, we sung and jammed for like an hour, and um, and then he invited me on some of his shows to sing with him. So mm. um, I did that, and that was like the start of the music. Yeah. Did you learn how to sing early on? Because um, you did theater for a while. Yeah, too, right? I'd been in like amateur. Drum- uh, amateur dramatics at school and then I used to go to performing arts school in the evenings and I used to be in choir at school as well so you know we went down to London and performed in the I think it's like the Royal the Royal Orchestra Hall or the Royal I man I'm I'm not fully remembering yeah I was was really young at the time yeah well Byron might um (laughs) oh the Royal Festival Hall it was awesome and we sang Bohemian Rhapsody and Talking Heads Uh, and entered this huge competition kind of like a sister act thing you know where all the all the different schools compete but yeah that was that was I loved singing but never thought about doing it seriously until that trip until that guy I started and then so after that, did you go? You went on tour with him, like in India. You were like, he was like, you're like his protege or something. Um, no, I only stayed. My my dad actually felt sick, so I had to come back after like two more weeks of after meeting him. So I flew back home for ten months um, and helped look after my dad, and then I flew to South America, and that's where I bought a guitar in um, Argentina mm-hmm. and started teaching myself. And I was up really late, hooked on mate. I didn't realize at the time because I just used to love tea, but it's highly caffeinated so i still be up at 3 a.m in the guest houses and hostels and learning on youtube and learning <laughs> how to do it so oh, youtube yeah. was already around <laughs> <I think. laughs> in 2008 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow 
So how did for how did the move to Austin happen for you? For me, it was school. I went to UT. Oh, That's okay. what brought me here. Yeah, love it. And uh, so <laughs> the bo- same. Like, what was it for you coming to Austin? Um, I had met some guys in Guatemala after I sang in an open mic night, and they were American. So I stayed in Guatemala a month, had a band with them, and they invited me to Austin a year later. Did you know about Austin at all? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so when they invite me to Texas, you know, I'm thinking like cowboys and like mm-hmm. everything yep. that you see in a <laughs> Ride your horse to work. <laughs> Honestly, but I was like, I like riding the waves of life and taking new experiences. Yeah. If I've been to India, I'll go to Texas, yep. you know. Yeah. So Did you see a cow in the terminal in Texas too? <laughs> no, a horse. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> a horse just walked up. Yeah, you saw like a bronze statue of a horse probably <laughs> in the airport. So what was what was the Austin scene like at the time when, when you when you got here? Did you get here around the state? No, you went to UT here. So. Yeah, I've been here about 12 years now. Were you plugged into the music scene at all? Honestly, I was not. I was not. It took me a couple of years to kind of do that. Um, I didn't. I just played music for fun. For a little while, like uh, you were you performing or you were just playing at home? Uh, yeah, just playing on my own. Not, a, not in a band or anything. No, I you didn't like really a do Dave that. Matthews band in, in high, high school. school. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a band called Parker, but that was back in San Antonio. He doesn't like to mention those days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to block it off. Let it loose, man. This is this is good for you. Come on, talk it out. Take a deep breath. <laughs> but those guys are still my buds. The Parker guys, the high cool. school guys. Yeah, uh-huh. that's cool. But yeah, it took me a couple of years here before I actually joined a band and slowly integrated myself into the music scene. And it's it's hard to say how it was back then because it, when you're just getting started, you don't realize how much there really is going on in Austin. Right. Even now, you know, I've even though I've been doing it for a while, like I still feel like I hear about new bands all the time and I and I look them up and they're definitely not scrubs. You know, they're like really good and they've been doing their thing and I just hadn't heard of them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's just how saturated it is, how many good mm-hmm. musicians there are here in Austin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you came here, it was just to visit, right? Yeah, it was, it was to visit, but to visit my musician friends. Uh-huh. So it was just for two months and, you know, the, the idea was that we just you know, really casually jam and play music in those those two months that I was here. They were in orchestras usually, you know, and it was out of season for them. So every summer they just wanted a good time. They wanted to play rock and roll music because they never got to play that in season. So that's why they asked me to come out to like be the singer in their band. Gotcha. What was and the name s- of the band? It was the Kate Priestley band, and I hated that <laughs> name. They chose the name, I have to say. So as soon as they left, I'm like, no, I don't want it to be called my name. Like, it just sounds bad. So, but anyway, the those guys, they were friends with uh, one of the music teachers at UT. So they recommended Brian, who is our guitarist, as the guitarist in the band. And then mm-hmm. he lived with Nick. He lived with our drummer at the time, Anthony. They went to school with Carolyn, who's in the band. So oh, wow. everybody just came together like that first week wow. that I was here. And we were, at the time, doing it seriously. You know, we were playing it on 6th Street a lot yeah. of the time. and Where, just what, what bars? Darwin's was the oh, was the one that started. we were at. Yeah. So when the when the two guys that I had originally come out to visit left, we were like, we think we can do this seriously. Like we like each other, and there's enough potential here to write original music mm-hmm. and our own thing. So we changed things up when those guys left and became like officially, I would say, a more serious band with mm-hmm. a serious gotcha. intention. Yeah. So that's within the two months that you were here. So you ended up just. 
not going back there. Well, the what happened at the same time was my now husband booked my band the first week that I was here. And at the time, you know, that was very unexpected. But I was like, wow, who's this guy? And I guess he was thinking the same thing about me too. So <laughs> we got through to the semi-final of this uh, Battle of the Bands at Dirty Dog. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I just have to know who he is. And he felt the same way. And we got married uh, very quickly after like two and a half months. So that's part of the story as well of why I'm here. But it wasn't, that wasn't the reason to, to stay in the band. You know, it just all happened at the same time that I met him and I met the band as well. I mean yeah. that could that could be a movie. Yeah, <laughs> that whole story. And it's still know. going strong. We've been together six years, and it's like really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I was traveling. <laughs> I was in India. I met the guy, and he, ta- uh-huh. you know, I went and performed with him. Then I came to Austin. Yeah. I picked up the guitar on the way to Argentina, and then in two weeks, I had a band. I had a husband. I had a husband. I was doing it full time. I had a name, and everything. I was performing. Seriously. I hope that that's a scrape. I'm telling you, it is crazy. <laughs> so was 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 the um, do you guys have an idea of what you wanted the band to be um, early on, or was it just we just get together and perform? That's I don't think we had a. I think each of us individually had an idea of what we wanted the band mm-hmm. to be, but mm-hmm. I don't think we had a collective group idea of what we wanted the band to no. be. That took mm-hmm. a lot of exploring and a lot of working together to figure that one out. Yeah, the roots were definitely soul-based because that is my style and my voice. So Mm -hmm. we knew that it was going to stem from like an Mm R&B, the roots of R&B, but then all the influences that everybody had. And, you know, at the time as well, like I I wasn't sure what the clear, what clear vision I wanted for the band too. I just knew that I had all these influences of world music, mm-hmm. but I loved R&B and soul too. So mm-hmm. how did we bring my ideas, to, ideas together and then the rest of the bands as well? So it took us a couple of years to really navigate what our sound was. And, you know, at first we would do gigs and you'd have one song that was really reggae and then another song that was soul and then one song that was really funky. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the feedback that we got was, well, we can't really figure you guys out because you got all these different styles. So we had to figure out how do we fu- fuse those together right. to make mm-hmm. our own original sound. So I think we finally got there, but it, it was a long journey. <laughs> were, were you guys doing covers at the time also just to be able to, you know, Get gigs or how? That, that's kind of how when we, when we were the Kate Priestley band, we did a lot of covers. So yeah. we kind of carried those over and, and just kept doing them anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember your first gig together? Very first. I I think I remember, or I think when you, when there was potential, because we used to have a guy on tuba that was our bassist. Like mm. that's who played on tuba. Yeah. Wow. He was one of the classical orchestra guys, so ah, he was yeah. playing tuba. It was you know kind of. Funky and it's I don't mean funky music, I it was, mean it was it was quirky. It was quirky. quirky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would say like higgledy piggledy in England. It was very higgledy piggledy. <laughs> it's kinda of set up. And um yeah, so when so when those guys left and we decided to write original content and uh you know, we had the potential to go further then Nick came in and that was one of one of our first gigs was with you. Probably at the Lucky Lounge. Uh, we started playing there quite a bit when we first I, I think it was yeah. It was either Lucky Lounge or Darwin's oh, also. Darwin's. Yeah. 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 How how did the crowd react? Were were they like, "Oh, I love this," or 
We got really good feedback at Darwin's. We had a really good time yeah, at Darwin's. Like you had a following to where people started yeah. coming a back. Little bit, yeah. Was, was a it residency bit. at this point or was it just every once in a while? Whenever her husband would book you, I guess. No, not when David was book us at Darwin's, but I think uh, I think we used to play there like maybe every two weeks or something. Sounds right. Just because we always brought in a great crowd for them, yeah. but mm-hmm. that really stopped. That only happened like the first kind of three or four months that we were ever together in 2010. And then when we started going a different direction and being more serious, it, we just started to break away from those venues because you know, we were just moving in a different direction. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there like a, a show that really put you guys on the map, you think? I think I have one in mind, but I'm curious to hear I, what Kate says. I think <laughs> it was um I think it was the Mardi Gras show for Knuckle Rumbler when we played at Stubbs. You agree? That that was one of them. I, I would also throw in as a candidate, um, we became friends with a band called T Bird and the Breaks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I used and to sing backing <laughs> vocals yeah, for those back guys. Vocals. Yeah. And they were Super cool, and they <clears throat> they had liked a great our music. Following. Yeah, they had yeah. a great following, of yeah. course, and they and they liked our music, and and they were very supportive of us. And we were releasing a, our first like self titled EP, mm-hmm. and they had a show at uh, the Continental Club, mm-hmm. and they invited us to release our EP as as an opener for them at the Continental Club. And I think that was yeah, it for was me like a that was a, yeah that was the first yeah. time I really was like like. There are so many people here. This is so awesome. I I want to do this. Yeah, all and the time. the owner Steve at the Continental Club has always really supported us as well. Mm-hmm. From the first time we ever played there, he is a, has always been a, a fan of KP and the Boom Boom, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Did you yeah. Did you feel like doing at the time you already had your neo soul sound? Mm-hmm. I would assume, right? Was it Was it tough to fit that into the music scene in Austin? A lot of times when you think about Austin music, you think could do it in the, with a guitar, with a singer songwriter, country, that right. kind of stuff. But here mm-hmm. you are, uh, you know, bringing that soul vibe. And so, how did how did how did that play out for you guys? I think at the time it was at the time we had other bands coming up with us at the same time. You know, you had Soul Track Mind, yes. Roxy Rocker, uh-huh. um, T Bird and the Bricks. So we found we found this little pocket where we could play with those bands and build a fan base from that. But when we had first started those first six months, when we were still navigating, trying to get out of Sixth Street, you know, because we played at Darwin's and right in the original stuff, we had had some bad placed gigs. Like somebody booked us at Pudi's Hilltop. You know, in like, is, is it going out Spicewood way? I don't know. What I don't is. even know. Do you remember, <laughs> Nick? It's yeah, it's out west. Oh uh, god! And it was a total country joint, you know. And there <laughs> we are with that neo soul sound. I had these like purple velvet leggings on or something like that. It was so badly placed. And I remember the locals were just like, <laughs> "What is this?" Yeah, open mouth. Like, had, didn't weren't really that friendly with us at all. And then as soon as we finished, this guy with a guitar got on stage and he's like, "Sex, cocaine," and everyone was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, let's just get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were loving that, but they weren't digging our new soul vibes. <laughs> that sums it up pretty much. <laughs> so when it comes to, I want to get down to the, uh, you know, the music itself. What is, what is the process? Do you come up with a uh, topic or... You got a riff on your bass, or how does how does that work out? I think it varies. Um, it does vary. 
you know, Carolyn and Brian and Kate and I are all, and at, the, at when he was with the band, our, our first drummer, Anthony, we all uh, contributed original, like foundational ideas for songs that we, that we eventually ended up recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I, I think usually it was the music that came first, right? And then you would, we would yeah. kind of flesh it out a little bit and, and you would put some lyrics over it and yeah. everyone would contribute Sometimes from there. I'd have to like, usually I'd go to Nick and Brian when I had already a melody, a lyrical melody or I had an idea for how the feel, I wanted the feel of the music to go and then they would help me put the chords to it like apple of my mm-hmm. eye and metamorphosize. You remember mm-hmm. that one? Yeah, so it's it's always been like a kind of back and forth. There's n- there's not been just one consistent, the one person that only writes the songs. It's mm-hmm. very much been all di- different people that come. Oh, you write yeah. songs too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we every the, every all one the of us music. Like I'll write the lyrics to everything, but yeah. sometimes like Nick will come with a music idea, and then or Carolyn will, and then usually you guys don't know if you want what you want to be the chorus or the verse. So you will like, have a listen kit and see if you have any lyrical ideas of a melody of if you think this should be the chorus or it should be, you know, the verse. And then maybe Brian has got an idea for the bridge because we feel like it needs a bridge. So he'll come and write something. It's very collaborative. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. around creating music, one of the challenges artists have is, is finding that inspiration to even get the creativity to do it. Where do you get some of your creativity and inspiration to write some of the songs you've had? If you think about some of the songs you've had, like where did that come from? Um, music wise or lyric wise? Yes. Both. <laughs> 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 Melody wise. Uh, I mean, I- I'll just talk like lyrically. You can talk lyrically. That's probably Okay. I'll talk question. lyrically. I'll let, I'll let Nick talk music. Lyrically. I don't know. I'm a very kind of deep person mm-hmm. and I want to write about positive things and real life. So I think I always feel like, my aim and mission as far as music goes is to like really give back in a positive kind of healing way so i think i just draw my inspiration from from that really from uh i don't know like uh from that purpose yeah really from that purpose yeah and i you know just life experiences or other people's life experiences Mm -hmm. and trying to uh make that into something positive yeah here, let me let me go yeah. one step deeper with a follow up and say, can you give me an example of like a song where, what kind of positivity you're trying to bring out? Or, or For sure, we we did a song. Um, it's on the album called Progression Now, mm-hmm. and it I wrote it after Nelson Mandela died, and I was so sad that he passed away. Like oh, in yeah. England, like everybody loved him. Yeah. And when we even growing up, when we were kids and when we were in school, I remember we'd once seen him in London. They stopped the traffic and we were on a school trip. And they did this royal escort for him and he mm. waved at all of us <laughs> in the bus. I, I have pictures and we just, you know, everybody really looked up to him and his story. And I think when he passed away, I really felt like, wow, who is going to be like a good world leaders that yeah. are inspirational yeah. and positive? Because we're, we're losing them, you know, you got people right. like... Oh, yeah. Hillary and Trump that, you know, <laughs> I <laughs> think both got. are very questionable. <laughs> and uh, so... What I felt like, okay, let's talk, let's write a song about what it means to be, you know, we the people and standing up and rising up. So that one is called Progression Now and it's about that. And this week while I've been listening to our album, while I've been driving around Austin, uh-huh. that song I feel is like been really soothing to me. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like it's 
become all of a sudden like even more poignant this week, right. especially oh, yeah. with the turn of what's happening here in the US. And I felt like I really needed to hear that song. So it's good how even our own music and my lyrics can actually help soothe me right. well. <laughs> <You still laughs> so even though it. I wrote it I remember when I wrote this and what it was about okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay it's alright we're going to be okay we're going to be okay album's coming out it's alright that's awesome yeah, yeah great answer thank you yeah. yeah you want to follow up with the music side of the yeah Nick, so kind of same question oh. but from a, from a I guess composing and music side of it where do you get your inspir- where do you draw inspiration from me personally I mean it's it's nothing fancy I guess you know it's just like you don't care about Nessa Mandela <laughs> <laughs> He, I, I can't say that he personally inspired me to write anything, although maybe, you know, I should go back and learn about his life, and perhaps he would, you know? Yeah. Hey. Um, but I guess really it's just like the music that I'm listening to. What what, mm-hmm. am, what am I listening to? What am I hearing? Do I wake up from a dream, and was there something that I was singing to myself in a dream? Or uh, and, it, and it depends on what I'm writing for, too, you know? Uh, personally, sometimes when I write for the band, it's a lot more cerebral, I guess, okay. than it is uh, like emotional. Mm-hmm. And then if I if I'm if I'm more just like writing what I'm feeling, it tends to come out more singer songwritery. But but for the band, it's a, it's a lot more. Uh, I guess cerebral is the right word for it. Yeah. But you write for all the different elements, or just for your uh, as a basic. I don't and even my know. Instrument. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think generally when we've all come with ideas, it, it's been it's been orchestrated. You know, it's it's not just like here's a bass line, let's see how it goes. And and Kate's not just like here's a melody line, let's put some chords yeah. under it. She I she'll record the different voices for the different sections uh-huh. of what I think the bass part should be or the drums. You know, lots so. of lots of acapella garage band recordings. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. No, because I mean, your music, especially when it comes to neo soul, funk as well, is very intricate, you know, Mm -hmm. and you have Mm -hmm. a lot of elements coming together, and there's a science to actually putting, okay, now we're going to have Carolyn, Caroline? Carolyn. Carolyn. Yeah. I know some people, anyway. It's exactly. You said it right. You said it right. (laughs) Caroline. Caroline. When it comes to, okay, getting on her, it's not a xylophone that she has. Vibraphone. Yes. Vibraphone, yes. How that comes in, and then a little bit more bass, and then the sax will come up. So it, it's it's so rich that it's hard for someone who's, who's not musical, what doesn't have that ear, to figure out okay, what is that process? Like, how do you know where to where to add an instrument, where to remove it, where to mm-hmm. inf- to uh, focus on something else? Where does your vocals come in? I, I heard some songs when you were just scatting at one point, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, why not? You know, so it, it it's. What I'm saying is there's a science to it and it's hard for people who not who not music writers to understand how that how that happens. For sure. I was gonna say I actually we it took us a while to like strip down our sound a bit. Mm-hmm. I think we found the first couple of years like it was really hard for my voice to compete with all the instruments, you know, and uh, try and get the lyrical message across as well when everybody was playing. So I think we we learned all together as a band as well. Okay, maybe 
somebody needs to drop out here or play very minimal notes in this part. I'm, I'm just not, you know, not play at all in this section and then come back in. So that was something that we had to learn dynamically how it all fit together. So mm-hmm. everybody just wasn't playing. So you've not just got mm-hmm. this noise, you yeah, know. Yeah, just jamming. It's not a jam uh, session. When you listen to it, you, it's really, it really feels like yeah. it's been, you know, uh, rehearsed and prepared and yeah. really put together. When you started off, how many how many pieces did you have in the band? People? Yeah. Um, there was six. Start no, off at six? No, no, no. Uh, drums, Anthony, Brian, Carolyn, Nick, me. There was five of us. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. five of us, and then we. a lot of people said, hey, you need horns on your sound. It'd be really good, because uh, initially we did kind of some Latin sounds as well. So we added, We had, at one point we had a three-piece horn section for really big gigs. Wow. And then we stripped down to two for a very long time. And then just financially, we found that financially and also dynamically, we just needed the one player. So then we just had Carlos, um, but we did get a backing vocalist, which was really cool to support the vocals so that I could be a bit freer and stray from the melody as long as somebody was holding it down still. Mm -hmm. But I would say as well, like as far as the instrumentation goes, you know, especially with the guitarist Brian and Carolyn on keys or vibes, probably usually they decide between the two who's going to take that main melody lead mm-hmm. and then the other one will kind of help. What's the word? I mean, what am I looking for? I don't know. Sprinkle in some Yeah, like some sprinkle goodness. in some goodness around that. So rather mm-hmm. than the, those two kind of being the, the main instrument of the melody, that they really learn to work together to give either just the guitarist the main mm-hmm. in the section or the keys or the vibes in that section. You, you know, you're always going to have bass and you're always going to have drums, but um, the the sax and the guitar and the keys are more the ones that really have to work together to make sure that it's dynamic. Yeah. Man, it's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I, honestly, when I, when I see musicians jam out, and they never met each other, and somehow it comes out beautifully. Like at the the five year anniversary, the feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a whole jam session with uh, it was Henry, uh, Terrell Shahid, Terry. Yeah, Terry Thomas, and they never met, and he just did this great jam session. And I was like, how the hell? What, what language do you guys speak that I'm not into? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> music, man, music. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you guys, you guys going on tour? Correct. We we went on tour, yeah, in August. Did you go uh, California? Did you go up the East Coast? Actually, East Coast. Sorry. Yeah. How, so, what, what was the reception like there? Uh, I mean, the reception was generally positive for sure. I would say it, the audience size was fluctu- you know fluctuated a lot, but mm-hmm. whether it was two people or sixty people, I think for the most part, we we felt good about it and heard a lot of good things and. Yeah, it was it was hard. The gigs that were the quietest were like those start of the week gigs that you know you kind of have to fill yeah. the calendar because you're still away for over two weeks. But how many people are you realistically going to get out on a Monday or a Tuesday <laughs> night? You know, in a town that has never heard of you. So, um, but I mean, Nick did a great job of organizing that tour and really trying to get new bands that had a sound similar to ours, or you know, based in kind of soul roots to play with us so it mm-hmm. was excellent even if it was quiet audience wise we would have those bands come up to us or other people saying hey you need to actually play at this venue mm-hmm. or you need you know so we actually had really good contacts for whenever we hit those markets again of 
how to re- we've got the locals perspective now on mm-hmm. what we should be doing yeah also shout out to our manager jenny dugoff for booking some of those gigs too yeah nice. yeah good job jenny any any uh <laughs> good road stories <laughs> Oh, there's one. That's nonsense at all. What happened, Nick? I don't know, Kate. What happened? Do we we have any good road stories besides you, like being band mom and like cooking a bunch of delicious organic food Um, so that we didn't eat crap all the time? You know, nothing. I nothing too crazy. Like we're not actually like super rock and roll as a band because we've just (laughs) been together for six years, so we're like a family. You know, Mm -hmm. like Uh there's not really. Um, any high drama that ever goes on in the band. But, um, you know, I was actually thinking about this. I really like the story of when we had a gig in Houston and that dude sat next to uh But that's not necessarily on the road, but we were sure. out of town for the gig. Um, the dude that was homeless that sat next to our merch and took oh, the money. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. It what? was it was really f- it was really funny looking back, but we had a gig in Houston and this la- it was really good, you know, we made new fans and this lady came up to us afterwards and was like, "Oh, I I I bought a CD from you. Yeah, I gave the money to that guy over there." And I I looked over and like he wasn't with the band. Like he was a homeless dude that had (laughs) walked in and was just sat by our merch and like was out of his mind. I don't know, on crack or whatever. Like he he was not part of like being in the band. And I I looked and he's got our money, you know, these notes in his hand, and I thought, I can't ask this dude for the money back. Like he he probably needs the money more than right. we do. Like mm. we need the money, but I mean, this guy is like you know. <laughs> and it was just so funny because you watched it all go down, yeah. didn't you? And it was it was hilarious when we looked over, like, oh well, who took the money then? And then we see this guy like out of his mind, homeless, like right next to our merch, and he'd just been taking the money from people. Oh no! <laughs> but he, was he at least giving merchandise? Yeah, merchandise? Was, was he a yeah, true was, cashier? There were taking the merch yeah and, th- and walking off like but more like, like how did you think that this guy was representing us <laughs> <laughs> and our merch like did you see this guy <laughs> we just gave you out a trick. Him money. <laughs> if you're homeless well if you're homeless don't listen to this but that's a good trick actually <laughs> it's really smart it's really smart really smart all right let's dive into uh the album the Brave. Thank you for the advanced copy. You get to listen yeah. to it. Really, yeah. really good. Yep. So what was the vision with that as opposed to Splash and the Fillet EP? What did you want to accomplish with this one? I guess. Um, you know, I think we wanted to accomplish a more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a sound that finally encompassed everything together in a tidier way than us figuring it out over the years you know I think we finally got to a point that we were able to fuse everything all our sounds together in the right Mm -hmm. way so I think this album finally represented that journey of six years but like we finally arrived at what our sound is Mm -hmm. more definitive you know than the other EPs you can tell there's been a definite progression from each EP to where the album finally is so you know for us it was like the you know the best work that we've done and um definitely define defining moment for the band to finally have this music that we can finally call okay like progressive neo soul and this is kp and the boom boom okay. this is what we are so i think that the album represents that what, what about you nick music yeah uh, agreed 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but well, musically, did you experiment with something different or something new that you didn't do before? Maybe new techniques or maybe new instruments that you didn't yeah, we, incorporate before? We uh, So we worked with Ohm Recording Studios. Chico Jones is an engineer there, and we had our producer, Eddie Hobazal, and And they really encouraged us and allowed us to sit down and experiment with sounds much more than we had done previously. I, I, I think previously we went in there and kind of recorded it like we play it live, mm-hmm. and it never... It always seemed a little bit, I don't know, dry. Like you couldn't capture. We we weren't able to capture the energy that we wanted to. Yeah, we're a very live kind of visceral right. band. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and so this time around, Chico's really into sounds and, and getting the right sounds. And so we were able to just sit down and do that a lot more and uh, reamp our our tracks through different pedals and amps and just really figure out what does sound the best here. Mm-hmm. And and as far as the writing of some of the songs you mentioned, pro, uh, progression now. Mm-hmm. Any other titles on the album that that, that really that were really dear to you, um, or topics that you really wanted to address? Uh, the Brave, actually. the The title of the album is called The Brave. Uh, it's my favorite song. Yeah, we <laughs> shout out to Meg Kelly. It's awesome. Shout out to Meg <laughs> yeah. Kelly, indeed, from Magna Carta. Like she did an excellent job for us. That one for sure. Like what. That was a, an idea, like, I, I went to Nick and Brian, and you guys helped me write that one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the melody to that, I kind of knew I wanted it to be, like, a really nice laid-back R&B feel. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk about, like, I really feel that people that follow their passions and desires are really brave. You know, you go against these societal expectations of family and society that you're supposed to have this career by a certain Mm -hmm. age. You're supposed to bring in this income. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you're a musician, you know, you don't get those guarantees. And, you know, we really don't know exactly what the future holds, although we want it to bring good things back and be able to make a career from it full time. You know, that's definitely the goal. But I think with that uncertainty, I think you're really brave to step out and say, I'm going to do this and I'm actually going to follow my passion and desires. So that song was really about that. It was about us as a band and it was also about anyone else that is doing that too. Wow. It's a bit more relevant. I think that the whole album is relevant to... uh, the outcome of the election. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it really, Seriously. I really felt like that this week. Like it was a totally different experience this week listening to it. Like, as I said, it was super soothing and like even breathe in, breathe out. Yes. It was like, okay, Kate, stop getting caught up in this whole Facebook. Like everybody's yeah. fearful right yeah, now yeah, yeah. and just breathe deep and it's going to be all right. You're going to be all right. So that's official America, the uh, cure for the election hangover. Making <laughs> <laughs> the Boom Boom's new album. Yeah. Available at Waterloo Records on Friday. <laughs> do, you, do you mind if I play a, a, a track or no? Absolutely. Please. Actually, I want, I want to play, I want to play uh, The Brave. Hopefully. Yeah, but that's pretty relevant cool. to what we were just talking about. So, Man. Yeah. Ortega as well, yeah. uh, a drummer that recorded on this. If you break a 
hearts out Take a chance to feel alive We are the brave, we're stopping We are the brave, we're stopping now So let's go A good chorus. I like yes. that. It doesn't have a chorus. Brings yes, it in. yes. And and live. It's, even, it's so good live too. Yeah. So so good live. So good live. Actually, I want to ask you what what did the boom boom come from? Where did the name come from? Um, you know, we when when we decided to change it from the Kate Priestley band, um, we knew it was going to be KP and the Somethings, but so we decided to all write down ten ten words, come back at the next rehearsal with like a little list of you know what we thought it should be mm-hmm. and then we narrowed it down to I think like five and at the time I really liked boom boom like I liked it's like a onomatopoeia of like a sound explosion mm-hmm. and like in your face and that is exactly what I wanted this sound to be because I knew it was not going to be a, re- a regular kind of sound it was going to have some some oomph to it and something different and a fusion of a you know sound explosion, so that's how we get that. <laughs> Sounds good. Keep it boom boom. It works. It works. There's one other song that you brought up earlier, um, the breathing song. It was about Esther. Yeah, right? it was. Um, it was about a good friend of ours. She actually passed away last yeah. May. Did you know her? Yeah, did, I did. you know her? Yeah, for years. Yeah, I've known wow. Esther. I went to the memorial that was at Brussels oh, Hall. Oh man. Yeah, I've known Esther for a while too. Oh. I mean that whole that whole crew of people, and yeah, it really it really hit me when yeah. I found out. Yeah, it it hit us all because knowing her, like she was just her larger than life, her whole personality, the yeah. way that she lived life. So you know, when you imagine, I mean, cancer hits everybody, but for hit for it to hit her with specifically with her character and being so young it was yeah it just was a shock to everybody and Mm -hmm. um that song at the time her friends were helping look after her so me and david helped for i think it was six weeks she was living with us at one point before she decided to go to la to finish her treatment there but yeah that was that was one song that i wrote while she was with us and I showed her the song too, so she she knew what it what uh, it was. Yeah. Man, yeah. Rest in peace, Esther. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Damn. That's I mean, th- like the whole tone of of the album. I think it's more on a serious tip. I would think compared to feel it, because when I heard feel it, I was like, okay, this is. I mean, the video, by the way, is dope as hell. <laughs> I love the video with the dancing and and the colors and the painting. Well, that, that was you guys, right? It was. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I was like. Oh yeah, that's them. I thought they had dancers and stuff, but that's <laughs> <laughs> we're that good, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the paintings and the, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was, that was pretty cool. So it, it it to me was more like a a, a disco type funk mm-hmm. sound, and then here you are with like hungry for a dollar and breathing mm-hmm. and progression now, where you're like, okay, well now we're we're mature and we're we want to touch you on a diff- on another level yeah. than just hey, let's just dance and. That's exactly what it was. We actually had a conversation about it because we found, I mean, the audience loved Feel It. We still play it now and it's mm-hmm. its a great addition to the set when, you know, we want people to dance and feel like the ups and downs of mm-hmm. the set. But I remember talking to the band and I said, you know, I feel like it could go either way for us. Like we could become a party band or we could become something serious. And I did not want to go the party band route 
and it's no disrespect you know there's a market for that sure but I feel like I'm such a deep person with the things that I want to give to the world that that was not the path that I wanted to take you know so we decided to change things decision. yeah it was, yeah it was yeah. a very conscious decision no oh, good call yeah good call good call yeah, I'm gonna turn the phones on. Maybe someone will call. If we don't call keep, us. We'll keep talking. <laughs> the yeah. number is five one two five three nine zero two two five. Again, we're talking to KP and the Boom Boom. If you want to call in, say say hi. Maybe family members will call in. <laughs> we, we've had we've had people on the show, and the entire family called. Mom called, <laughs> cousin called, sister called. So you never know. Again, the number is five one two five three nine zero two two five. Feel free to call. We're going to keep talking anyway. Yes, and speaking of the community and, and just people out there, I know the musician community in Austin tends to be pretty close. You have your circles of whatever that type of community is. You mentioned working with T-Bird and the Breaks and others. Mm-hmm. How is that for you? I mean, can you just describe the community and how it's impacted you and and just what that experience is? The music for community? sure. I think, I think it's really important. You know, I think there's... There's an opportunity to grow together and to learn together. And um, I definitely am not somebody that is like a jealous person or doesn't want to or is competitive in that way. Mm -hmm. I just don't see the world like that. You know, I think we all have our place and something to give. So I think a great representation of us working with our friends was the album release party, the pre-album release party that we just had at the parish. And we got um, Megs Kelly involved, Mm -hmm. Zeely, Jackie Benson. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, awesome. And it was like, uh, so many people came back to us afterwards and were like, you guys, like, that was so amazing that you brought all this community together. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see that all the time in Austin where, you know, we've taken the time to work together on these specific songs and got people to do a collaboration on stage. And mm-hmm. I think I that was the first time that I was like, wow, this is like a really powerful thing. It really moved people. And uh, our friends as well that, you know, all the musicians that, took part in it as well said how much they enjoyed that community side of it as well and i i just think everyone it was just really good vibes all around and um yeah i just think it's really important to work with people you you know find out new places to play Mm -hmm. they might invite you to record on their albums like i mean it's a whole network and we should definitely be utilizing it and supporting each other so you you think it doesn't happen enough in austin I think it happens a lot in Austin. Okay. I just, I've just found before. I don't know. It's it's weird sometimes with female singers. I found sometimes maybe they've not been the friendliest, or mm-hmm. not not everyone. But I think sometimes people are taken back by how friendly and open I am. And I mean that's just me, you know. Yeah. Like there's, there's you have we're haters? not in competition. <laughs> no, no, not nothing like that. It's just um, I don't know. You pick the up on those vibes yeah. sometimes, yeah. and I'm just not like that. Yeah, I can see. I've enjoyed. I've 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 seen Keeper, Magna Carta, you guys, and I love when I see the collaboration out there between them because yeah. I see my favorite local artists performing together. And I'm like, oh, I love that they love each other, and yeah. that itself is an experience because you get to see two of your artists collaborating oh, together. Oh, for sure. So it was awesome to see Max Kelly on the Brave song. Yeah. Yeah. So good choice. That's what I'm saying. But we're all here to throw flowers at you. (laughs) Here, KP and Boom Boom. Good job. Great job. Great job. Do you remember? You know, so we were we played with Magna Carta for a ham benefit day, like years ago at Holy Mountain it was, it was yeah. maybe like four R. years R. ago and we first yeah. saw them and we're like who is this band mm-hmm. and it's been so amazing seeing their evolution I remember yeah. Megs was so shy at the time so to see her then to see her now it's just like wonderful <laughs> wonderful growth yeah, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, they're 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 killing it. They really are. Let's see. Do you have any upcoming shows or anything that you're looking to do? Um, what's the future looking like? We do not have any upcoming shows for the rest of the year. We got a, we've got a private one in December, but I have a residency right now with Brian Agatari, so that's mm-hmm. an acoustic show, and that is every Monday in November at Geraldine's. Oh, nice. So my, the next one is tomorrow night. If you guys mm. want some nice, soulful, acoustic, acoustic vibes in your life, then come check that out. And then I'm playing... Uh, this Thursday as well at Geraldine's for the first year birthday. And that has got Jackie Benson in and Ben Cena. Nice. um, Nice lineup. I think Drew Davis as well. This Thursday, yeah. that's a good shut up right there. Yeah. yeah, Jackie will be on here. We'll be here next Sunday, Sunday actually. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, you guys are gonna have a great time. <laughs> with oh, Jackie. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> looking for, looking forward to that one. Look, oh, really yeah, looking forward she's to great. that one. <laughs> Byron said it would suck to not be here for that show. Yeah, yeah she's killing not. it, man. She is killing it. <laughs> <laughs> you can call in if you want. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Yeah. We'll be on a plane. No, he's got <laughs> stuff going on. No, it's all good. It's all good. Any and so any tours maybe 2017 or nothing in the works right now. What we'll would you What would you like to do? If, oh is gosh, it, would y'all are y'all looking to do a tour in 2017? Are looking to make more music? You, what, um, you, what are the What's the There's like uh, a whole vision, ca- whole catalog that you haven't unreleased yet that you're just <laughs> gonna do another album? Um, you know, you know, I think we we just we were pushing so much after the tour and for the album to be released. So that's like been the main thing that we've right. been concentrating on. Which you know, it's released this coming Friday, right. yep. mm-hmm. November eighteenth. So I think we'll discuss things after that as well. I, th- I just think all the focus has been on that. Um, you that breathe in and breathe out. it's all about progression and the hunger for the dollar and being brave yeah and uh that sunshine and we're just gonna name all the track yeah right (laughs) cool cool all right we're gonna wrap things up so how could people follow you on the internets the twitters the facebook the instagrams our Facebook page, KP and the Boom Boom. We have a Twitter and an Instagram, and the tag for that is KP Boom Boom. Is there any other platforms? I think we've. We, we will also have our album available on Spotify and iTunes and our Bandcamp page as well, which you yep. can find just by searching for KP and the Boom Boom on Bandcamp. Oh, we you can go to Waterloo Records yes. and buy it in Austin. Sweet. Um, we have our website, kpandtheboomboom.com, and that, that will update you on what's going on with the band. Yeah. Yep. Sweet, sweet. All right. Are you going to do a little thing for us? Oh, sure. What, uh, do you want to sing with me, Nick? Not particularly. Oh, you sing too? <laughs> <laughs> Not Back well. Uh, I'm trying to think. What songs do you do you sing on in the in the set? We no, can sing you, together. you. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil your spotlight right now. You know, you'll sound so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let um, me let me let me throw out some bones here just to help get the gears turning on what to sing. So again, hangover uh, election hangover. Do you, can your voice be a cure to some of the people out there that have been just stuck on Facebook and maybe give a little uh, inspiration? Maybe I can sing get a little angry. bit of progression now yeah. or something. I've not warmed up, so... <laughs> We've been talking for an hour, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what becomes of us now? Changing times in our lives. Others fought for our rights. Time to push progression now. Boom, boom. 
It's time to make a change, set the pace, set ourselves free. Progression now. Yeah, that's it. Woo! <laughs> yeah. That was good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do it, guys. I feel much better now. <laughs> much better. Trump ain't that bad. No, no I wouldn't say that. But anyway. All right, well, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you. Shout out to everybody who tuned in live on Facebook. Make sure you follow the feedback on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the feedback BAK. Uh, you can also go to the archives at thefeedback.com. All the shows are there. Uh, we mentioned Graham Williams. We mentioned... Man, so many people. I can't even name right now. <laughs> Henry the Invisibles. I mean, the list goes go on and on. This is hundreds of episodes. Go check it out, thefeedback.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn. We're everywhere. So yeah, Google it and you can just Google, find it. Google the feedback and whatever <laughs> podcast app you use, just put in the feedback. You'll find it. We're on there. If you can help us, uh, leave a review or a rating on iTunes. That really helps us. Helps us. Also, you can go to thefeedback.com slash donate, and that way we can pay for this camera here. <laughs> trying to upgrade, folks. Trying to upgrade. So it takes a lot of you know hours to put this thing together. Now you can actually see what our studio looks like, and you see yep. we're not fucking around. <laughs> so <laughs> thefeedback.com slash donate. Every dollar counts. Really appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in. Nick? Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you for having Miko, us. Miko, pleasure as always. Byron, shout out. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. And we'll talk to you next week. Jack Invention is on next Sunday, so you don't want to miss this one. Ow. You really yeah. don't. Yep. And don't forget, if you want to check both Jackie and our guest today, Kate, you can catch them on Thursday at Geraldine's. Yep. Uh, Thursday at Geraldine's. The music starts at 8 p.m. Yep. Sweet. I'll Wait. have all that information yeah. on the, uh, on the uh, post. So thank you so much, folks. Talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao. Bye, America. Bye.